Back short pass, Leonard Brown, beautiful. And Cotty scores. Back inside to Gordon. Oh, he's going to streak away. Get here. Quick hands and Scott Theo gets his first test drive. Hello everyone and welcome back for another hit of the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we have been serving it up to you via your headphones and through the world of podcasts and we are back ready to roll with Sam Worthington and Stephen Hoyles all the way back from South Africa. Hoylesie, where though I think maybe we'd just like to hear a little bit more out of Stephen first around his time and travels and Stuff that you ticked off the bucket list in SA. Run us through it off the top. Oh, well, firstly, thanks again for having me. But And secondly, it was it was all business. We were over there to cover the Wallabies v the Springboks. But <coughs> we had a little bit to do beforehand. <laughs> so we uh, yeah, we went to the heartland of South Africa, Soweto. I'd been there 10 years ago. And out of all the things we did, so we went to Soweto for a day. Mm-hmm. Then we went to a game park for two days. Yeah. Or three days, two nights. And then we went to the extreme 19th whole golf course, which is an amazing helicopter ride, 430 metres on top of a cliff, 400 metre long drive. That was um, that was good. But And then we went, to obviously, to to the Wallabies Test Match and then down to Stellenbosch for, for a day. Out of all of it, there was a bungee jumping and a quad bike tour involved in Soweto. Any safari is amazing. Like, it really is just mind-blowing. You feel like you're Bear Grylls or Steve Irwin the whole time. You're just constantly on, on the hunt for wildlife and your guides are talking about footprints in the sand and to track which way things are going and you think they're full of crap half the time but after about six hours when they lead you to an antelope hanging over a tree branch 20 metres up that a leopard's dragged up there you go they know what they're talking about Is these that right? yeah. 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 Um, you used the word hunt there I was uh, hoping there wasn't a glimmer grass story around the no 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 That's and uh, we also went to a rhino orphanage like that, that this is a positive podcast I don't want to talk deeply uh, <laughs> get too deep and emotional about the issues of the rhinos over there but <laughs> the rhino poaching is a, a real big issue yeah it's pretty sad we went to an orphanage just where a lot of the young ones are brought in when they're Mums and whatnot are slaughtered for their horns. and um, But anyway, the Soweto was probably the highlight. Just because you saw, I've been going there since 2004, I think, but just mm-hmm. seeing the difference in Soweto and the fact that you can walk down the street and uh, they embrace you now and there's you know less conflict. It's still got its issues as a nation, but it's a beautiful place to travel to. And I, I would easily go back. I always was a bit doubtful whether I'd go back with the, the family and the kids, but 100% bucket list to take the kids back and do a safari. I want to know more about this golf hole. So how far up the mountain do you go before teeing off? How high is it? It's 430 metres up. up. Yeah. Okay. And, and you stand on the long, cliff face. Then how long's the hole? It's 400 metres out. So 430 up, 400 yeah. out. So but are you hitting a driver as hard as you can? Yeah, but you're really reluctant, to, as you saw. A lot of people have been critiquing my swing on social medias. and a lot of, Just very, yeah, uh, very upright. very short and like yeah. almost a bit like, uh, almost like you just pull them on in the covers in cricket, mm-hmm. you're just on the back foot a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's a fair reason you're on the back foot. If what? you go on the front foot, you die. If you fall off that cliff, you die. <laughs> okay? Can, can I ask why they don't strap you in? Put That's a harness <laughs> on your back? <laughs> this is the great thing about South Africa. OH&S isn't big on the agenda in really? South Africa. So we said, mate, just put a net out the front in put case someone falls. They're not keen and on the, the bloke net. says, who's a net? I said, no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the bloke goes, how many times have you seen someone fall forward on a driver? And I was like, That's a good point, mate, but let's just eliminate the risk altogether. <laughs> okay. So you rocked um, onto the back foot. Yeah, it's crack. it's the world's hardest par three. No one's ever so this whole golf course has eighteen holes, all designed by eighteen of the best golfers in the world, like okay. uh Goosen, 
uh, earls have all designed their own hole, and it's yep. and each hole is um, specifically designed according to, to another hole around the world that they like. Okay. So it's a replica. Right. Um, but none of these pro golfers have ever got the best they've ever got is a two. Okay. Uh, Horan got a four. Did he? Yeah. Bogey I went. In, yeah, I went in. He he had a birdie. He had a par putt and missed yep. it. I went in for a six. What a great Clark score! Well, this is where see Clarky old Clarky's telling people eleven, which is pretty <laughs> average. To, but there's there's a a fair bit of debate going on whether or not drop shots are included out of the bunker. So um, he was dropping out of the bunker. Yeah, not counting it. So I don't know whether oh. he reckons eleven. No, but, no good. Yeah. Whenever I play golf, tens the maximum. We weren't given a 10 there, mate. You've got to actually record your score. And, you, okay. and the saddest thing about the whole thing is you get a certificate of your score. So now Greg Clark's got a certificate saying 11. Okay. Um, you could put, you could almost put another one on the back of it. You know, like 111. Possibly. Right. Seems a little bit harsh. And there's a there's a million dollar bounty on the, if you had a hole in one or something on that on Yeah, a million dollars US. Yeah. 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 Um, no and, we, and we only were 20, 30 metres short of the... Of the green. And the green's actually also laid out, as you're looking at it, from 430 metres above. It is the map of Africa. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty That's cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And right. on, the, on so the subject of hard work, yep. just sorry to cut you off there, mate, but uh, you also had a little visit to Germany um, recently. Yeah. Just to, what, what were you up to there, mate? Oh, just a bit of this, bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of this, bit of that. Uh, you talk about South Africa as a place to go. Uh, the Oktoberfest... Uh, festival, obviously, in Munich, <laughs> is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> yeah. you should put on your bucket list. If you've not been, you should go. It was is it, heaven. Was this on work it's time? Or, uh, what, no, I've put in annual leave days. Okay. I've so put in annual leave days. I know. Don't look at me like that. Well, <laughs> were those chips? Yeah, yeah, I've only got around 400 <laughs> days in lieu wrapped up across the last year and a half. Because every now and then, were they gets across the Pacific Highway for, for work. Exactly, there you go. exactly. No, it was bloody good. Rugby's, bloody rugby's good. a good game. It can take you to some amazing places. Well, that's how I ended it? up there. It's amazing. Ended up there via um, an ex-Wallaby captain, Rocky. Some newer guy, newer guy, and then boom. I mean, it's the way the world of rugby works. It's the rugby passport, yeah. they call it. Okay, you use your rugby passport to get to South Africa, where the Springboks were too strong via the boot of Mornay, staying rolling the Wallabies 18 points to 10. The Wallabies scored 10 points in the first 15 and then went 65 without registering a single point. What happened after that strong opening? You were on the sideline. What happened, Halsey? Yeah, well, in reality, not much happened. The Wallabies' intent was really, really noticeable from the kickoff. Uh, I was like, yep, great day. Conditions were really nice for footy. I know it's altitude, but that can often lead to high-scoring games because of fatigue and, and error. But unfortunately, it just slowed up. The possession and territory, it was a, a little bit similar to a couple of occasions, um, a dry version of that game in Melbourne against the English when we had all the mm-hmm. territory and mm-hmm. all the possession, yeah. but just couldn't finalising there's only a couple of opportunities and that's what the the best teams in the world get you might only get three or four chances one or two a half in the first half we we made the most of them second half couple we just let go and unfortunately the South Africans never really looked like scoring there's a couple of occasions where they made a couple of half breaks Adrian Strauss was best on ground in his last home mm-hmm. last test in uh, Pretoria but besides his two or three line breaks that he made I don't remember many occasions where the Springboks really threatened. You just always knew that Stain was going to drop back in the pocket or a penalty was going to be given and they'd convert. So there was one moment midway through the second half where I felt the Wallabies got really good go forward, really good ascendancy. And then they went pick and drive, pick and drive, pick and drive, turnover. I thought they just probably needed to be a little bit more ownership in particular from the back line. You can't let a forward pack take three or four pick and drives in a row, slow ball. At some stage, you've got to either, don't like to say this, but you've got to play the conditions, you've got to drop back and 
put three over or you've got to have a 10 or 12 to, to take over. And Yeah, it was one of the, speaking to a lot of the players after the game and the coaching stuff, they were just, you can always handle losing a little bit easier when you feel like the better team beat you, but when you feel as though you gave it up, yep. you just see the frustration in the, in the players and the coaching staff's face. They, As I said, they started so positively and the, you know, Scotty CEO's try with Sakobi Kepu's tip on it was good start to rugby. I thought I were in for a great game here, but it really slowed up. It became a, a true test match, but we just weren't clinical enough in the end. Yeah, it always leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth, doesn't it, when a team wins and doesn't score a try, and that's uh, one of the criticisms of rugby. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, Mornay Stain, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a backward step, isn't it, for, for South African rugby to bring him back, but he can win you a test match, especially over there uh, at altitude, so I guess fair play to them. They did what they had to do, and Adrian Strauss and Francois Lowe uh, had big games slowing down the, the Australian ball at times, like you like you touched upon, so yeah, just that, that finishing, I guess, Marika Korobiti and, and Seth and Ivalo, there's hopes that, that uh, the guys like that will maybe add more of a, an X-factor out wide and, and give them some more try-scoring punch. Shawnee's not uh, well, agreeing. Well, no, I do agree. I, they're, they're wonderful finishers, but like Halsey said, the issue becomes how you get the ball to those yeah. guys. So off the back of those line breaks, and there were a couple, the Dane Hallett-Petty one was maddening to watch unfold because he did such a great job to get them inside the SA22. It was yeah. a quick ball, and like you say, Halsey, it was, um, it was a crash runner, one off, uh, one off the ruck, and it should have been shifted quickly. When you're looking at line breaks, right, so when you're playing, what is your conversion rate? So a long-range line break to take play inside almost a 40-metre shift in play, how often should you be converting those line breaks into points? What's your sort of your percentage that you target? Oh, when you say points, you mean... Three? Yeah, so that... To, to gain a penalty? I don't that's care the big one, yeah. Get, I don't care how you get points yeah. off the back of it, but what strike rate should you be targeting off a clean line break to result in points? Well, I don't necessarily think you talk about line breaks. Every time you're down there, you should be one in two. Every time you're getting down in the 20 or 40 in test match footy, you've got to be trying to come away with, you know, three or five. And that was the reality. We just weren't doing that. That Dane Halepetti line break... I remember at the time thinking he had options either side, but they were risky options, so he did the right thing. He, he took contact, got quick ball, mm-hmm. and then we went a couple of phases later, and then we came all the way back over the left side, I Correct. think. Yep. And well, that I was where... I got a turnover eventually, maybe. Vili or... LaRue might have slipped over. I thought we are in for a try here, and pass went a little bit to Dean Mum's hip. Yes. But I still think he could have caught it, and that was that's the point for me, is our wide running channels is where we... It doesn't matter if you've got Corabiti, it doesn't matter if you've got Jonah Loma on the, the side there, like, the ball's not getting there. It's not getting to the wings. It's that one pass prior to the wing that we're not being able to complete, and that's our big concern at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'm Naivalu, awesome, Korobiti, fastest bloke I've seen on a footy field. But in reality, it's not it's not what happens out there. It's how it gets to those guys that's going to be more important. And that's the the finishing touches that the, the Wallabies at the moment are just really frustrated with because the forward play in that first half, the passing between all the players Ooh, wasn't it? was awesome, mm-hmm. but. As I said, you get four chances in a game, max, and they only, they only took one of them. Got to take them. And what did you think about those uh, late scrum penalties? Australia was still right in it. And, um, yeah, some, some big decisions from the, the referee. It's always a little bit hard to know what was going on. It did look like South Africa were applying some pressure, but yeah, did, do you have an opinion on those? Essentially, what you have in Test Match footy now, you almost have two scrums because you see props come. They always sub at least one, more often than not, two on for, for two off. So the first half scrum, not that you got to see it, but because it didn't last long enough, but the Wallaby first half scrum was the dominant one. It just started to push the box back a little bit, but to change referee's perception, you need to um, 
get that penalty early in the first half and then you go sh- straight away thinking this is a good Wallaby scrum because our scrum was better in the first half but then when the box changed over I thought they had the upper hand um, and again you've got Steve Moore playing 80, 80 minutes new new props as well so unfortunately I probably have to look at those second half scrums and think that they were they were justified because you could just tell that they were creeping a little bit forward and the, yeah. the dominance of the Wallabies first half scrum wasn't actually highlighted yeah. The team hasn't uh, been quite named uh, yet, but there's talk that they, they were going to go with that monster lock pairing of, of Coleman and Arnold, which I think would be the biggest Wallabies locking pairing ever. So that's a, that's an interesting one. Not not necessarily line-out specialists, but uh, wh- what do you make of that if they go with it? Oh, you know what? I think um, I think they're probably both just as good as the... Well, they're, you know, line-out-wise, there's certainly no shortage of options there. I've been so impressed with Adam Coleman this year. He's playing 80 minutes. He's calling line-out, so... He's been, for me, probably the find of the season. Like, we knew he was there, thereabouts, but um, really pleased to see how he's progressed. And Rory Arnold as well. Watching him, he's a really tall guy, and sometimes it's hard for tall guys to have an impact with a ball in hand, but he can still get good metres in in contact. So I'm happy to say that. Again, I've said it before, he's not even on tour, but Will Skelton I'm a fan of. Um, I think they're probably trying to get him a little bit fitter, hopefully for the spring tour, but... It seems like an endless game that get Will Skelton fit. At some point, he's got to yeah, he's either he's either up to it or he's not. Yeah, he's still he's still young, mate. Like I think yep. Adam Coleman's twenty seven, Willie Skelton's twenty three, maybe. So um, guys are forever improving, and that's just part of the cycle. You just got to keep getting better. But the good thing is, I think if you've got Coleman, Arnold, you've got Skelton, you've got Douglas. You know, a year ago we were like, who are our locks? We've got mm-hmm. Rob Simmons still there, so we've started to build some depth in those positions, and that's. You know, that's how you get to in World Cup stage. That's where you, to make a, a World Cup side successful, you need good players not getting picked. And, you know, to do that, you need depth. So we're getting closer with that, especially in that position. Can I ask you guys what you make of this via the APY through the week? Key player maker Quade Cooper agreed, pointing to his tough entry in a Super Rugby with the Reds, which blossomed into a title in 2011 as proof that hard times breed hard people. But still, Saturday's loss cut deep for the 28-year-old. Lychek said... It's one of the best games we've played all year, Cooper said. We created so many opportunities. Players were in a lot of space, but we just didn't finish it off. That's what hurt so much. One of the best games we've played all year. Um, Hasn't been a lot of great ones to choose from, to be brutally honest. I, mean, I think you look at that and go, the way they played, the, there was very little kick-in. I think from that point of view... if you. There was two. It was two games for me. The first half it was like we got a real good test match here on the sideline. You could see the pace, the intent. I was like the Springboks are just holding on here, but we just didn't take enough points. So the second half, I go, you know what? It was a bit of a, a dog fight, and we probably got sucked into playing their way in the second half. And you know, it's a, re- a bit like the English side when a side's just standing off and tackling and standing off and tackling, and you don't feel like they want to play rugby. You get really frustrated. So. Um, Again, the coach's job is to try and keep the guys confident for next week, and there were a lot of good things they did. And if they execute on two or three of those second half um, opportunities they got, they're probably up twenty ten with five minutes to go. It is a massive missed opportunity, though, isn't it? Like they've never won in Pretoria in now seven games, um, and this this is a vulnerable Springboks team, so they'll be kicking themselves internally, won't they? That that is a big missed opportunity. That's there. what they sense, and I'm looking at that game on the sideline, and I'm biased, but the Wallabies were a better side and have got far more um, strike power out there, but they just weren't able to put it forward, and that's why they're also frustrated. But coaches have to talk up to players, keep them confident, and highlight the good things as opposed to standing in the shed after a game and telling them everything they did wrong. Players know what they did wrong. You've got to be able to show a bit of both. Yeah. 
You don't seem to be as positive. You're a bit annoyed at that, Sean. I I just don't. I can't reconcile that comment. I I don't understand it. I don't know why. I understand there's messaging. There's and let's not quote it word for word. Like let's also remember some things get lost in translation. Sure. Maybe you said parts of our That's game. That's the APY. So that is word for yeah, word. But part of our part of their game, and I can honestly sit there and say that first twenty minutes, I was like, yep, this mm-hmm. is as good as I've seen the Wallaby team play. You had props going into halfback, second row stand at first receiver. Inside passes, half line breaks, the first try again, tight head prop to loose head prop under the post. Like, you don't see that too often. So, if that had have continued even for another 20 or 30 minutes, that style of footy, if you had have taken that 20 minutes into the second half, because you've got to remember that the box also scored eight points in the last 12 minutes. You know, like it was a. They closed the game out well. Three re- three missed penalties. If you look at his words, you know one of the best performances the season. I mean, what, what are the best performances? Probably the game against Argentina was first was, twenty minutes against Argentina was the standout. So there's not a lot to choose from. So I guess if you're just looking at black and, black and white, he's probably on the money. Three missed penalties. Was it nine points left? Big ask. To I, I know. Reece Hodge. No, no, I agree. Big, yeah. Huge ask to expect Reece Hodge yeah. to step up from fifty, sixty-five, and fifty on the angle when he doesn't kick week in, week out with the. They, with the um, we saw the captain's the run and he was knocking them over from 65. Yeah. Sean McMahon hit the post from 60 out of the captain's run. Yeah. Spoke to him after. He was filthy. From the kicking <laughs> team. Yeah. From the kicking team. Wow, that's kind of Everyone cool. was watching and it just went bang. Yeah. So that's so sad. Like that's they, 60 yeah. metres. You got that for life. Yeah. They, they put a bit of pressure on Hodge though, didn't they? With uh, you know McBurn saying he's one of the best kickers I've ever seen, and mm. and um, it is a lot of pressure to suddenly go, okay, mate, knock it over from 60 metres. It's one thing to do it in in training, but uh, very different in the actual oh. test. So I think they could maybe uh, ease off with the the talk there. He's certainly capable of doing it though. I don't know. I just just a bit down after Sunday <laughs> night after what. Did you, you know, get your kebab in? There was no, there was no kebab. No. So I was, I didn't get a chance to get the kebab, which was a, is a damn shame. But yeah, no, it's, yeah. Look, uh, I know, I know why you're down, down Sunday night, and I put it in this context. So by Sunday lunchtime, I was at Stellenbosch at a vineyard, so sure. it wasn't too bad. Sure, yeah. well, I wasn't. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. It's still drying out. I was from in Oktoberfest. Here, yeah. I was in here doing the NRC, so it was. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I. I, I I don't know. You, you know what, know Sean? Anymore. You need to project, project some anymore. more positivity because no, the, I've been positive. The, I'm positive. I, you won't find a more positive human being around Australian rugby. But I just the game ebbs and flows, around. mate. We've got to take the lows and get the highs. That's we've how been, it has to we've be. We've been ebbing a fair bit. Yeah, and it's an interesting uh, sort of uh, full circle that uh, Christy uh, slash Lindsay pointed Lindsay out Doran, this, yeah. this week uh, that it's a year on now. They're they're going back to play the Argentina Pumas at, at Twickenham, the same venue, and and uh, you know a year ago they bet Argentina to make a world. Cup final and, and all was right with the world uh, and, and Wallabies land so 12 months on we haven't really seen progress unfortunately have we the, the, to be honest it's probably gone backwards well, yeah. certainly in terms of performances it has go on Sean no, say I've, it, I've, say I've, it. Just, I just want to ask the question of you guys and whoever's whoever's listening in I don't understand why these need to be hard times I don't understand why twenty this year 2016 is a hard period for Australian rugby. I don't understand why. Yeah, well, it, it certainly shouldn't have been. I think we probably underestimated what the English could do when they came here, so it, it almost like spiralled out of control, hasn't it? But we've had 10 test debutants. That doesn't happen too often. 10 mm. people have made their Wallaby debut mm. this year. Kirtley Beal has been a massive out, I reckon. Well, I mean, he that. Like, he was one of the best at the World Cup. In any team, like you've you got two quarterbacks. You've got a 10 and 12. That's the way they play. And we've missed Tamua, Gitto, Leofano... Um, Beal Beal and Rob Horn not that yeah. Rob's a 10 on 12 
Yeah, I know, Sean. You're feeling the <laughs> you're feeling the pain, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of Aussie rugby fans are. I'm I know. a fam. I'm yeah. a fam, and it's yeah. It's and we have to just tell them. You just got to hang in uh, there. Because are they going to be able to knock over the Pumas? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they'll be fine against Argentina. It's, it's no, uh, no fate accompli though, is it? it? No, it's definitely not. We still got a grand slam to come and attack later in the year. You know, there's so yeah, much to play for. I know there is, but I don't understand why it's a development period for Australian rugby. That's I feel what like Doctor Phil in here. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Can we. <laughs> Give the man a hug. We're like, it's a shame it's not a uh, video podcast because Sean's he's gone into the fetal position in yeah. the corner here. I'll tell you, a bungee jump that was fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> the window. Yeah, how H and S out the window. <laughs> and bright and bright news: the All Blacks uh, are on the verge of a, a world record. There's so nothing the, bright about that, Sam. Take your so Kiwi smugness out of here. We've got plenty of Kiwi listeners. I'm just just trying to point out some positives. Of course they do. So they're all they, over here. What are they chasing now? What is the record that they're after? Were they? Uh, so they've gone 17 uh, on the bounce now, and if they beat the Springboks this weekend that makes it 18 which which gives them what is a, that a three-way tie for the record with a, along with along with another All Blacks Cypress? team and a and a previous Springboks team okay well Cy- Cypress Cy- Cypress do hold the actual world record if you if you count all nations yeah. so yeah all shout all out all shout nations. out to Cypress I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure who they knocked over but uh, matter. If, if, yeah if they uh, so beat I'll the Springboks it sets it up for Blitterslow 3 potentially taking the, the world record so that'll have a add oh, a bit, that'd of, be good. Add a bit nice of spice to say, add a bit of spice to it the Wallabies of 18 straight 18, Wallabies 18 is, years of smugness is it or well, the Wallabies have uh, stopped the All Blacks the previous two times yes, at, at that 18 true. mark so uh, there's, there's hope Eden Park there's hope <laughs> you can do it <laughs> <laughs> they were too good against Argentina at the weekend scoring some beautiful long range tries making every moment every venture seemingly in particularly in the first half into the Los Pumas danger zone resulting in points and Anton Leonard Brown he was Outstanding, playing at thirteen. He played at twelve. He switched it up with Crotty, didn't he? Was he, he played a bit I, of both? Started at thirteen and moved yeah. back in. But yeah, he was Good. extraordinary for a pretty unheralded guy. He's uh, suddenly looking a million bucks. So yeah, it's something about that environment that, that brings out the best in players. I don't know how South Africa going to get close this weekend. If that's if the record equaling game is on the line this weekend, yeah, they're going full tilt for the record. I think in the in the, part, uh, in the past they sort of play down these things, but I think that, you know having conquered most other things around the rugby world that they're, you know, openly talking about going for this record. And so. it's in Durban, sea level. Durban, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very humid up there in Durban. So no problems you oh, no, for the like, All Blacks this week? I know, I know we sort of view the Wallabies All Blacks rivalry as huge, but um, the All Blacks and the Springboks rivalry is just as big, so there's always one game a year that the box get up for. So beating South Africa in New Zealand or Australia is one thing for the All Blacks or Wallabies, but beating them over there is a mm-hmm. complete different beast, so... Um, you know, they've got it in them. There's no doubt about that. Like, we've seen the, the All Blacks get, you know, shocked before. I'd, I'd be surprised, but I do look at that South African side and say they can if they want to. As I said, Mornay Stane kicked 18 points, score one or two tries on the back of that, and, you know, it's not going to be that easy for them. I think they'll do it pretty easy, to be honest. It's a pretty average Springboks team. I think uh, I think they'll do it pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Werther. I think it'll be a, uh, a something of a... Bit of a touch-up over there this weekend. Just going on what I saw from last weekend. You line up the two form lines of the two teams, and I just feel like it's going to be yeah. The travel be, travel factor is the only thing against them, but yeah, if they can, they've, they've rested a few players. Jerome Kainer, I think, was laying in wait, and they'll change up the team a bit. So yeah, I think, we speak I think about this all the time. You've got to, you've got to you've got to rack up twenty-five plus points to beat the All Blacks. Yes, agreed. Yeah, easily. You need to score two or three tries. You can't. 
Yeah, and, and that's the and only... their try scoring strike rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Times the yes. Springboks is yeah. not particularly defensively good. like they're good and they're committed. And like as I said, Strauss is great. Francois Lowe was really really good. Mm-hmm. Stain can get you fifteen to twenty points just off his boot. But yeah, they're, they're probably um, yeah they don't have that class that they've sort of had in previous years. Teams can hang with the All Blacks for long periods, but it's just these ten or twenty minute bursts where they just completely destroy teams it was I think five tries in about 16 minutes against Argentina like that, yeah, that, was, that, was, that was shaping as a great test match and then suddenly just flick, Done. The, flick the switch game over Gonski. Yeah. anyway um, fellas uh, that's us wrapped up for another hit of Fox Sports Rugby Podcast we do apologise for the downbeat vibe within the room but you know what sometimes it hurts Sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked, mm. and I'm just—it just hurts as a as a fan. As I said, Hoyles, you to round it out. I think there's I feel um, like we've been getting kicked a bit too much. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it pet a dog day today at uh, Fox Sports? I saw. <laughs> no, we do. I saw an email. Let's we've go. Got, let's go. Let's go. Pet a dog. Our HR team here has brought dogs in. <laughs> saw them out the front. Dogs out the front. You can go and hug a puppy. Let's it's do been it. a long season through our NRL and AFL teams at Fox Sports and uh, you can hug a puppy to try and lift your spirits you definitely need not just your spirits but the puppies they love it as well so I need three or four everyone's a winner that's perfect that's perfect time should we do that for the Wallabies send them puppies this week (laughs) that's a bloody good idea (laughs) where are they staying in London where's the What's the name of the hotel? They're, they've stayed in the same one through the World Cup as well, so they are on. Yeah. Are they get there in time? What day is it? They're in familiar. Express post. Let's tee some up from yeah. over there. Um, all right, so that is another hit of the Fox Sports podcast, rugby podcast, wrapped up. We'll be back again next week, hopefully with uh, a more positive outlook on the Wallabies result after they take on Argentina at Twickenham this weekend. That'll be on Fox Sports from the early hours of Saturday morning, and previous to that. SAV New Zealand will be a blockbuster as well as uh, on behalf of Sam Wellington and Stephen Halls at Sean Money saying adios. We'll catch you again next time. Ciao.